This is A Secret Life of a Grad Student. I'm Lorna Kiefer. I'm Megan Garber. In this part of the episode, we are interviewing Marinverse, our early career scientist. She has done her PhD at the Braunschweig University in Germany, but was actually in California while she was doing her PhD. We're going to hear her story about conferences and traveling during her PhD. So, Maren, thank you for coming. Glad to be here. Uh, how does your interest in science begin? Uh, my interest in science began when I was really young. So I grew up on a farm. Uh, so I was always interested in more of the biology side. Um, how did things grow? What did they need to grow? Like crops and stuff like that. We had some animals. Our neighbors had animals. So I was interested in biology and all of that from like very early on. Later, when I learned more about politics and society, that came to... You know how to actually apply biology to help society so a more applied approach towards science that came when I was like 15-ish okay 14 15 so more teenage time more teenage time you're thinking about problems of the world and everything's dragging you down I was trying to find something that would give me hope so my parents are not in science they are not in academia they don't have any like higher education degree my mom is a What's it called? Like a accountant. Like he's she's in accounting and taxes, so more office stuff. And my dad uh, learned to be a farmer, and then also was a printer. So like operating hard, like difficult machines. So neither of them were into science. I was actually the first one to go to successfully go to college and see it all the way through and finish it. Um, since then, my brothers have also done the same, but... <clears throat> also in science or somewhere else? Not really. So as a child and teenage, you were more driven by science at school. So my favorite subjects were always biology, chemistry, even math, because it was fun, um, but also sports. I was good at, like, I was overall a good student um, at school. But most interesting, I found science because it was more of a challenge. Everything else seemed to be more learning and figuring out what has already happened. And science is about finding new things and new approaches and new solutions to questions. So that was more interesting to me. And it was something that I would want to spend more time on. That's why I decided to study biotechnology. So. Oh, okay. So we have a big jump we for biotechnology. Where are you from? Oh. <laughs> Uh, I'm originally from Germany, and I got to the States in 2014 for my master's. Okay. Program. So what's the name of your town from Germany where you grew up and you spent your school's time? So I grew up um, in a little village that's called Krelingen. It's about I don't know, 200 to 400 people living there. Uh, we moved to a bigger town that is called Bad Fallingbostel which had, I think, 10,000 people. Uh, that's where I did all of my school. And then uh, later I went to university in Braunschweig, which is close to Hanover, between Hanover and Berlin, really. So was it already far away from your hometown? Now nothing feels super far away, right? Um, at the time, it was about three hours by train. Not super far, but far enough. So in high school in Germany, do you have uh, to already choose before you get your degree 
what you want to do in life? Yes, to some degree. Um, so between seventh grade to 10th grade, you, you have to do everything. And then uh, after grade 11 to 13, you have to choose your focus points. So I chose science. Uh, you have to choose three majors and three minors. Uh, my majors were, funny enough, biology, chemistry, and English. <laughs> and so you got your degree, and then you decide to go and study further biology and chemistry in college. So tell us a bit about your college experience. Picking a subject that I wanted to study more in the future and that I actually wanted to spend like three to five years on studying was not that easy. I wanted the challenge and I wanted to study something in science and there's so many things that if you're interested in biology or chemistry that you could study. It was really hard for me to pick a specific subject. But then I went to some events where the universities would introduce themselves and one of them was the Technical University of Braunschweig introducing their subject biotechnology. Uh, that was a combination of like chemistry and math and engineering and biology in a very applied way. So that's really that was really interesting to me because it has an application. And so I graduated high school in 2010 and then during that those last couple of months and like during finals I was interested in finding out what I wanted to do because I didn't really wanted to do a break in between um, high school and college because I didn't want to spoil myself and not taking classes anymore and then having to go back. Mm -hmm. So I decided to do it right after and started college in October 2010, biotechnology undergrad in Technical University of Braunschweig. And it was pretty cool, honestly. Um, the first two years were very broad, um, basic biology, basic chemistry, basic physics. And then it got more specific um, in the third year, which is the final year of the Bachelor um, of Science. You got to pick a um, topic that you wanted to work on for your bachelor thesis. Mine was synthetic biology and plants, actually, so that was cool. And then I decided to move on with my master's at the same university because I knew that I wanted to go and do my master thesis abroad. So having the connections to professors and everything already established and knowing who I could ask for to be my sponsor for that trip abroad um, to be my thesis advisor uh, already really helped me. And I knew that the master was going to, or the master of science studies was going in towards a direction that I really wanted to. So more applied, more biotechnology, more industrial, actually. So, so when you say you knew that you wanted to do your master thesis abroad, what do you mean by that? I knew at that point, after having been a you know, junior scientist or something, um, in Germany as a bachelor th a student, that the science that I was most interested in, the applied part of it, was going to be really hard to do in Germany. And the career opportunities and just the research fields are a little bit more wider and a little bit more evolved, a little bit more free and creative in the States than they are in Germany right now. So I knew that I wanted to either go to Sweden or go to California for my master's. So either Jens Nielsen Group or Jake Kiesling. I was very driven by the big names at that point. But like <laughs> those two groups stood out and I was in um, communications with them like at the start of my master's already. And so you arrived in California for your master's thesis. Can you tell us about it, please? So I arrived in, 
I want to say October, November 2014. And leading up to that, it was kind of interesting already. I got the okay from Jay Kiesling in an email. Well, actually, his like assistant was sending me the email after I bothered him and her for about six weeks by sending emails every other week. But I finally got the okay, and I knew that I was going to be uh, working in his lab for at least six months on my master's thesis. And I had already been assigned someone who would supervise me. So that was cool. And I was in contact with my supervisor or my future supervisor at that point uh, since, I want to say, April. That summer, I actually spent doing, what's it called, iGEM. Uh, so I was part of the iGEM team. And it kind of worked out that we went to Boston. We got the gold medal for our project. And then from Boston directly, I flew to California. And that was my first flight by myself. And so I was a little nervous about just the flight. And then everything else kind of was an afterthought at that point. <laughs> so once I arrived in California, I was relieved that I survived the flight, <laughs> that I managed to do all these things by myself. And then the first day at JBA was just, I was just so impressed with everything that they had here. I've never seen a lab that gigantic before. And now, now it almost seems small. <laughs> It's not small. Even if you go into any other lab, it's like not small, but it seems like you got it under control. Now you know where everything is. You feel at home. You know the people. You know who to talk to. The beginning at J-Bay, I felt pretty well prepared for what was to come. So the things that I would have to do as a master's student, the amount of like thinking that I get to do, the amount of pipetting work, of learning new techniques, I felt like I was pretty well set up for a success for a master thesis through my university background at Braunschweig. So I was not intimidated necessarily by the work that I had to do. But then when I went back and compared what I got to do during my master thesis versus what I could have been doing when I had stayed at the university is very different things. So, how so? At JBay, it's more. It's very innovative. It's very creative, and you actually get to work with like people whose papers you've been reading, um, and that was actually really cool. Because in Germany, we don't, we just don't publish quite as much as at JBay, especially given the fact that there's 200 people working at JBay. So the yeah. likelihood of having read at least one people's paper at some point is pretty high. Yeah. One of those was, um, I read Ebeen's paper, Ebeen Go, and then I met her, and I'm just like, wait, like you're this person? Um, and she's think, pretty nice. She's a very nice person. <laughs> she's, so. no, she's super nice yeah, and like very super cool. laid back, and she really just wants to help you. And, but it's just, I think one of the biggest things that I learned early on in my master's coming to the States, thinking about like, you know, you've read these people's papers and like in your mind, because you hadn't met them yet, they're like these distinguished scientists and they are the distinguished scientists, of course, but they're also just really normal people. <laughs> like they're goofballs, they're funny, they, you know, make jokes, they mess up sometimes, they do Like everybody, stuff. yeah. Like everybody. <laughs> but I think that really, like that switch, when that switch hit, that just really helped me because you don't need to put other people necessarily on a pedestal. Like It will just prevent you from doing good work with them. From trying, yeah. even. Yeah. So 
they also they all just normal people and they want to be talked to and if you are too scared to talk to them because you, you think you know you already think they're like too high for you to talk to that's not helpful during this uh, internship um, you knew already that you wanted to do a PhD that you wanted to pursue as a doctor at that point so I had always kind of thought that I was gonna do a doctorate but I wasn't entirely sure because there's a lot of things that you can do without a doctorate too. But during my master's, I got to actually think about the problems more and design my own experiments and get really curious about the science that was going on and just identifying so many things that still need exploration. So like, I got to go and listen to other people's talks and the questions that they are having and now you learn completely new ways of thinking about problems and I just wanted to intensify that thinking process and learn more about how to think about a problem it sounds super academic the way that I said that but <laughs> like you learn a PhD will give you a chance to kind of prove to yourself that you have the stamina that it takes to try and see a project through it's not necessarily about the whole science that you're doing it's more about I learned to fail. Yeah. I learned what it took to like get myself up there again. I learned more about um, work-life balance. Yeah. Um, and I learned how to ask questions to myself and others, and how to question my science and other people's science in a good way, right? Like not picky, being picky, is just questioning what you see is that true or not. And um, so that was the idea. That's why I wanted to pursue a PhD in general and then I found out that there is the possibility of me doing a PhD at JPA. well um, or there is just the possibility of me doing a PhD at JPA without having to be enrolled in UC Berkeley which I is really hard to get into as a foreigner when I found out that I could get a supervisor in Germany and then also co-supervisor like co at LBNL and then make that happen. And I put all my efforts into making it happen because J-Bay or California, but specifically J-Bay is the place that I wanted to do the research. So you came back in US to do your PhD. And what was the biggest difference when you came back in the US to do your PhD comparing to when you were visiting for your master? The main difference between when I came back and when I first arrived is that you kind of settle in. So it's the, you build actual friendships, you build actual relationships. When you're a master and you're just visiting, the seven months is great, but it's more of an adventure. So you go more on trips, like you don't really commit to any real relationships yet because you're only going to be there for seven months and you don't want to like have your heart broken or you're pretty sure that you're not actually going to stay in contact with the people that you meet here because they're from all over the world. And while it is nice to know someone in Argentina or in France or wherever, it's like it's most likely you won't see them again unless you go visit that place. So when you then come back as an actual you know, employee or PhD student being here for multiple years and committing to multiple years, you can commit to many more things in your life. So the first thing that I did actually, um, and one of my coworkers, Jackie, helped me do that, is I signed up for a soccer team. Like, 
things like that. It's just like very small things that all of a sudden you commit to and you kind of build your life around it. I started being a little bit more relaxed about everything because your time frame is not as restricted as before. So it doesn't mean that I didn't work as much as I did before. It's just your mindset. You don't have to freak out if something fails because you can just try again. A bit of perspective on your future. Do you feel about staying the rest of your life in the US or are you maybe thinking about one day going back to Germany or elsewhere in the world? For now, in the near future, I'm pretty happy in California and it opens up a lot of career opportunities and just personal and professional development that is really important to me. And I feel like I've already taken good advantage of it, but there's still yet so much more that I can learn. The life in the Bay Area, while it is unfortunately pretty expensive, it is beautiful. From my Germany perspective, everything's far away, but now I've got to learn that three hours driving is actually not that far away. So basically a commute. <laughs> yeah. So you can go to Tahoe within three hours. You could go to Yosemite within three hours. You can go to Marin. You can go to San Diego, San Diego. Well, you can fly to San Diego. You can drive to San Diego even if you wanted to. Um, so the Bay Area has definitely its perks. I now have my family here. I have my hobbies here. Uh, I have my husband here. So from that perspective, it would be really difficult for me to just move on. But there might be a time in the future that we will leave the Bay. I'm not excluding it, but at this point I have no plans to leave. Luckily, my family in Germany, while they kind of, you know, don't like the fact that I'm so far away, they're very supportive. So they're not nagging about me not being there. And I'm trying to visit at least twice a year. And luckily, flights are not that expensive anymore. And my parents are always saying they might come over, but they are just not very uh, good flyers. So even worse than me. I wanted to flight. ask you that, like how the flight relationship <laughs> like yeah. involved over these years. I'm decent at flying now and I can find my way around the airport. Let's talk a little bit about conference. Did you have any good opportunities during your PhD to do some conferences? And can you tell us a bit about it? JBay is encouraging people to go to conferences. As we're part of LBNL, we want to share the science that we're doing and the thoughts that we're having on certain things and the way that we approach things and new challenges that are arising and just talk to people about the topics and bringing it out there. So we were all very encouraged to go to conferences and I like going to conferences just because it's fun to hear what other people have to say about certain things and just learn new perspectives on how to think about problems. I was very lucky in that I actually got to go to at least one conference in every year of my PhD. And I think three out of them were actual international conferences, which was a lot of fun. Because you also get to visit other, other lifestyles and other cultures. So yeah, I actually was encouraged to go to conferences. I took advantage of it. It was a really good experience. And it also kind of loops into what I've been trying to say earlier about just being exposed to other people and other people's thoughts. Just like J-Bay is very diverse, but if you go to conferences, the topic might be more focused, but the people are still diverse. Do you have one conference uh, in particular that stood out the most? One that stood, stands out for me because it was the first one where I was invited to give a talk was the SIMB conference in uh, Washington last year. So that was really cool because I was so nervous and then got really good feedback and it's 
kind of cool that people go up to you and like want to talk to you about your science even though they've never heard of you before. So that was one that stood out for that reason. Um, it gives you kind of a boost and that was like right after I had just finished my PhD so that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Actually called Dr. Marin. Um, <laughs> another one that stood out um, was the Metabolic Engineering Conference in Munich and that one stood out for a completely different reason. I mean I was like second year PhD student, but all the big names of synthetic biology and metabolic engineering were there. And similar to what I've tried to mention earlier, it's like they're all normal people and they make fun of each other and they tease each other and they just, you know, they hug each other and they're like, hey, how's your family? It's kind of nice to see. How was your first conference comparing to the last one that you attempt? Yeah, so I think first conference versus last conference. First conference, I did not really know how to deal with everything. Didn't know how to make a poster, didn't know how to present a poster, didn't know how to pick um, which talks to go to, wouldn't really go and talk to people. I kind of just stuck by myself. I had like someone else with me that I had known from, from JBay before. Daniel was there. Um, so we just kind of hung out together and stuck to ourselves because we just really did not know how to take full advantage of this. But then the last conference, I realized that, you know, all people have like some poster and some people, like that's really their research. Other people are just like kind of making like a mock poster, sort of like just quickly thrown together because they do want to take advantage of that conference and like listen in, but maybe they don't have anything to present and that's totally fine. But you just need to go out and talk to other people more in that case and take advantage of the resources that are there. Like, Go and talk to people. And even if that makes you a little bit uncomfortable, it will help you so much more. And also go to the socials. Just Yeah, there is a lot of events during conferences and they help, especially because most of them they have like a complimentary drinks. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it like just helps to pass the barrier. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe uh, also because of the imposter syndrome. Friends. I've never gotten over imposter syndrome. Like you just learn to deal with it. In the beginning of my conference career, I did not know that everyone felt like an imposter, I guess. Or most people do. Well, uh, one last question, actually. Um, why did you decide to come here today and talk to me and share your experience? Except that you, of course, owe me you a favor asked. as a friend. <laughs> I think I would have benefited from someone telling me to not worry too much about your PhD and the science that you're doing. So just having that feeling in your PhD is really, really helpful because it, it'll ease most of your concerns. Um, so I think if someone had told me earlier on in my career that, you know, A, it's okay to fail, but also just ask for help. Yeah. And it's totally fine to just ask for help. But no one will necessarily go out of their way to help you if you're not asking. Well, thank you very much for coming today. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for listening to The Secret Life of a Grad Student. You can find all of our episodes on our webpage and on every podcast platform. Next week, Megan is interviewing Pablo Cruz Morales. So stay tuned. Bye-bye.